Come on, take these few minutes to just love on him. Aren't you glad he knows your name? Thank you for knowing my name. My name might not matter to some other people, but God, I'm so glad it matters to you. My name might not be in lights and thousands upon thousands might not know my name, but there is one who matters above all and he knows my name. Hallelujah. And we're thankful for that today. Can you put your hands together for the praise team? Thank y'all. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for being who you are. And we thank you for loving us the way that you do, for keeping us as only you have the ability to. And Father, we give this moment, we offer this moment to you, and we pray that you be magnified and glorified in it. Father, we pray that you do what only you can, and that's touch many hearts with one word. Father, we know that your word is already blessed, and we thank you for the change that will take place in those that will receive it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for him, y'all? I am... Um, because we do want to be mindful of the fact that we're coming back. I am um, going to do the intro to a message God has given us for today. Um, an intro and maybe point number one. If you want to hear the rest, you all come back first Sunday. Amen. Say, we might come back. I, ain't, I don't want you to tell no story. Say, we might come back. We might. All right. Um, turn with me, please, to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I'll read it in your hearing. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof uh, roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river that streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, in that right early, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And again, we'll be dealing with verse 1 today. For time's sake, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I'm going to use for sermon topic, conquering the unexpected storm. Conquering the unexpected storm. When literal storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, that sort of thing, when storms are upon us, um, there are warnings that we receive. We receive them on television or on the radio. Uh, some of our phones go off and scare us half to death. 
but we receive some type of warnings most times when thunderstorms or the threat of thunderstorms or the threat of tornadoes, the threat of a hurricane uh, are upon us. We receive some type of warning. And so as a result of that, we most times have an opportunity to prepare. We can run to our basements. We can gather with our family at their insistence. My, I get on my family nerves every time it thunder. I call everybody, y'all need to come over to the house, Brother Brian, Mama, y'all need to come on. Uh, but at their insistence, we can gather with our family. We can run to the grocery store and buy the bread and sandwich meat and get the water and all of that stuff when we have some type of warning that a storm is impending. We have what we call prep time because we've been forewarned. Then there are those storms that we've heard of that hit without warning. No one had time to prepare. You've heard the people and seen the interviews where people say, we heard the sound and by that time it was too late. We felt the rumble and by that time it was too late. It was already upon us. Um, the storm that God wants to speak to us about today, he wants to give us instructions and a message today. And what he wants to talk about is the unexpected storm, the one you didn't see coming, the one that seemingly came out of nowhere, the one that shook your very foundation, the one you did not have time to prepare for, the one that came and blindsided you. That's the one he wants to talk to us about. There are things that hit our lives that completely knocked the breath out of us and we find ourselves struggling to stay afloat let alone navigate the storm because just because the storm hits you out of nowhere and just because you're unaware of the storm it does not mean that it comes just for a little while and leaves sometimes there are some storms that hit our lives that we have to navigate through say navigate through when you see it coming, you at least have time to prepare. I at least have time to get myself ready. But when it pulls what I like to call a ninja move and come out of the shadows, sometimes it can knock us off course. We're talking about the unexpected uh, storm of death hitting your family. The unexpected storm of being laid off from work and your finances are affected. The unexpected expense that hits you out of nowhere. The unexpected rift in relationships, friendships, and marriages that you did not see for coming. Those things, when they hit you, have the ability to throw you off course. Storms consist of heavy winds and rains and waves, the noise of thunder and the crackling and the flashing of lightning. And today I want to speak to you. God wants us to uh, 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 imagine ourselves as a ship in the midst of a tumultuous sea, in the midst of a storm. He wants us to picture ourselves uh, a ship in the midst of raging and roaring waters. Hallelujah. And the first thing he wants us to know is that the thing that hits you called wind can cause instability. Somebody say instability. 
If there is no stability, you are tossed about with no real direction. And a lot of us find ourselves, as a result of things hitting our lives, tossed to and fro with no stability. That thing that we thought for sure we were delivered from, that thing we thought for sure we were free from, because something has hit our lives, we found ourselves finding refuge instead of in God in the thing we were once delivered from, in the arms of the person we were once delivered from in the in in the company of the people we were once delivered from when storms hit your life unexpected if you do not have stability you'll find yourself going wherever the storm leads you amen mentally and spiritually and physically you'll be tossed to and fro now in a ship there's something called a ballast somebody say ballast the, it causes the ship to be stable. It's in the bottom of the ship. I got too much spit or something in my mic. I don't know how to switch that. I don't know what the right word is. But um, there's something called a ballast. Thank you. And it's in the bottom of a ship. And what the ballast is created to do is take on water and dump it out. It causes stability to be it causes the ship to be stable. It, it helps the uh, captain maintain control of the ship. There's also something called cargo. Somebody say cargo. That is aboard the ship that also aids in the ship being balanced and stable. It adds weight to the vessel. In other words, because of, of the ballast maintaining stability and because of the cargo that is on the ship causing it to be balanced as well, the most dangerous vessel in a storm is an empty one. A ship without substance, a ship that does not carry any weight, a ship that does not know how to take on and how to dump off. The most dangerous ship in a storm is an empty one. Say, are you empty today? It's dangerous because an empty ship goes wherever the storm will lead it. And that's why some of us find ourselves in a place of depression. That's why some of us find ourselves in a place of anger and bitterness because our ships have been empty. And when the storm hit us, we went where it took us. So you have to make sure you're filled with the right stuff. And that the cargo you carry is working for you and not against you. Because you can have uh, 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 boxes and stuff on your boat, but if they're empty, they carry no weight. Lord, have mercy. Ask somebody, what are you carrying today? Are you carrying bitterness? Are you carrying anger? Are you carrying disappointment? Are you carrying gossip? Are you carrying low self-esteem? Are you carrying unforgiveness? I'm coming down your row. Are you carrying lust? Are you carrying backbiting? Are you carrying quit are you carrying I give up what are you carrying on your vessel today because it's either working for you or against you Lord have mercy because if you're carrying a box of bitterness if you're carrying a box of unforgiveness can I tell you that it does not have the ability to reproduce anything that works for you so it's the same as carrying an empty vessel what are you carrying today you ever known somebody who's up today and down tomorrow? I try to stay clear. They're the ones that I see in the grocery store, and I say, how you doing? And go that way real fast. Amen. Up today and down tomorrow. On fire today. 
but want to quit tomorrow. Lord, have mercy. Love people today, but everybody fake tomorrow. The people that have no stability in their lives, they're unstable. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Not some of his ways, not every now and again. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So that's why you have people that love you today and won't speak to you tomorrow. People that show up for praise team rehearsal today and don't show up tomorrow. People that are faithful to church today but ain't faithful next week. People that are your friend today but can't stand you the next day. People that gather with you today and act like they don't know you the next day. People that are happy today and then sad the next day. People who are happy and joyous one day and got an attitude the next day unstable because they're carrying empty cargo lord have mercy we're talking about navigating or conquering an unexpected storm now remember the ballast knows how much to take on and how much to dump out you've seen them on the ships before when ships when when, when they get to a certain point you'll see the water begin to pour out that's pouring from their ballast and what we've got to learn to do, y'all, is release the things that come against us. We've got to release uh, the testings and the trials that we, go to, that we go through because when we don't, those things become toxic. <laughs> and not only will they cause issues within us, but it contaminates whatever we touch. It contaminates whatever we put our hands to. If we have a, a, a toxicity on the inside of us, if we've allowed the things that we've gone through that God meant to build us, instead, if we allow them to cause us to be bitter and angry, we will become toxic. And every single thing we try to put our hands to will be contaminated. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I got to let it go. So in order to conquer the storm, the first thing you've got to do is get some stability and you got to let some stuff go. You got to let it go. Some, some of us that are in this room have been holding on to some stuff for far too long. We've been holding on to the hurt. And yeah, yeah, you were valid. You, you, you're right. You're, you, 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 it, it did happen to you and it was wrong. It did hurt you and it was wrong. But you still have a responsibility to release the hurt. Because when you don't, that hurt turns into something else. And let me tell you something about that hurt. That hurt then begins to breed little babies. And you're the person, in, you're the person working at the checkout line that's mad at everybody that comes through because you didn't you didn't learn how to release the hurt you didn't learn how to learn the lesson but release the toxic stuff that came with it so you're the one that's throwing everybody groceries you're the one flipping people off in line and driving you're the one with the road rage yeah that's you flipping folks off you're mad because you've been hurt a long time ago yeah it happened when you were eight and nine and ten years old but you're still holding on to it and because of that it has bred little babies and it's manifesting in many ways disappointment ever been disappointed you thought your life would be one way, but the storm has hit and it's caused it to go another. Disappointed that I trusted the wrong people. I'm disappointed that I made the wrong choice. I'm disappointed that I did the wrong thing. I'm disappointed that they let me down. And if you don't release that, it turns into something else too. So now, because you were disappointed by them, you can't trust us. 
(laughs) You put us in the same category as the one that was intended to teach you something. But because you never rightly navigated that, you don't trust nobody. Everybody fake. Ain't nobody good. They say one thing and they mean another. They, uh, they, They fake. And because of that, you miss out on the treasures that God will put in your path. The very people that he will put along your journey to be a blessing to you, to be a hand in your back. You can't receive them because you were disappointed 10 years ago. It's toxic. And it causes you not to receive the goodness God has in the days ahead of you. Let's talk about anger. Some of us are holding on to anger. They made us mad and we never could say anything about it. We never could handle it the way we wanted to. We're angry that nobody stood up for us. We're angry that they didn't give us what they said they would. We're angry that daddy walked away. We're angry that mama did what she did. We're angry that your life seems a little better than my life. And we walk around and we're balled up and we project it on people who don't even know us. You have a bad day at work and you come home and take it out on your whole house. Oh, I ain't go to work with you today. I, I'm, I'm not your manager. I'm not your supervisor. I'm not your boss. I don't own the company. I have no stake in the company. Why are you coming home mad at me? Why, why does our friendship, why, why does our connection have to suffer? Because they made you mad. When you're angry and you're blinded by anger, you can't see who's for you and who's not. Just anger. And then it breeds some stuff. It it breeds sickness, high blood pressure, and all sorts of things, all kind of things that attack your body. And it stems from just walking around mad. Can't enjoy life. And if somebody were to ask you, truth of the matter is you feel foolish telling them the truth. Why you act like that, Sister Watermelon? Well, when I was 10, <laughs> when I was 10, that man touched me in a way he wasn't supposed to. And I ain't tell nobody. I'm mad because... That promotion was supposed to be mine, and they gave it to her because of who she was. You're embarrassed to tell them why you've been angry for 15 years. God wants you to be free, and because of that, you keep being tossed in the winds of your storm. Because you have no stability. Then there's this thing called resentment. Beyonce told y'all a little bit about it. It's this thing called resentment. It keeps you, when when you're full of resentment, somebody look up resentment for me. You know I like definitions. Somebody look that up. But when you're full of resentment, it causes you to walk around thinking everybody is against you. Yeah, most people who battle with the spirit of rejection have resentment. They're they're best friends. Rejection and resentment. You feel like 
everything is working against you, that nothing ever happens right. The job that you once, I'm talking about, you about tore up the church because God blessed you to get this job. And two weeks in, you can't stand the job. Everybody against you, it ain't right. They don't do you right. I think I misheard God. Now, you were just bucking and tearing out some walls because when the job should have gone to somebody more qualified, they gave it to you. Huh? Because there was somebody with the degrees and who had gone to school and had the training to get the job, but God's favor rested upon you, and you got the position, and folk were mad about it, and you gave the testimony, and you shouted about it, but then, because you're filled with the spirit of rejection and resentment, everybody's against you in one week. You hadn't even met everybody. Shut up. How they against you? What's your name? What department do you work in? How long you been working here? Oh, I'm against you? I don't even know you. But it has nothing to do with the individual and everything to do with them cousins. Resentment and rejection. What's the meaning of, what's the definition? Well, there you go. That spirit of rejection will keep you from enjoying the very thing God gave you. Because <laughs> you can't see it right. You can't receive it the right way. Because you're going to find, when, let me tell you something. When you have rejection and resentment, you find fault in everything. <laughs> I ain't judging you, I'm just coming down your road. Don't throw the shoe, just wear it out of here today, all right? You find fault in everything. Somebody try to celebrate you and give you a gift. Well, she gave her a bigger one. What? You find fault in everything. And because of that, again, you can't receive the goodness that God wants to shower your life with, the very thing that you're praying for God to do in your life, you can't even receive it or acknowledge it because you're hung up in resentment. And the next thing I really want us to hear because this is one we will justify. Been there, done that, got by five t-shirts. Unforgiveness. Walking around feeling justified like that. Feeling justified about feeling the way you do because it was wrong. But the saying that forgiveness is more for the other person than it is for you is true. Because I found for myself that when I've held on to things that I thought for sure I was free from, until God hit me in the face with it, and I had to be, I had to be honest with myself that it's still some ugly stuff right there. Because I thought I had it together until I ran up on them, and I realized I ain't had it together. I'm just thinking about that. Because if I'm honest, when I was faced with the fact Elder Phil, that I walked around with that in my heart after talking to other people about walking in freedom. When I realized 
and saw the truth of what was in my heart, it broke me down. Because I knew in that instant that I had hindered my own progress. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't their fault. It, it wasn't anything they did. I had a responsibility to navigate that thing the right way. Learn the lesson, be better because of it, and keep it moving. But you know what unforgiveness is? And I'm going to make up a word right here. Unforgiveness is stuckness. You're stuck. You're stuck right there. You're a kidnapper <laughs> because you're holding them hostage. <laughs> they going on they going on vacation. <laughs> They're sleeping at night. I mean living their best life. Got new cars and done had some children and got about three promotions and you still in your stuckness. I mean, you going to bed, they're on your mind. You waking up, it's on your mind. Just stuck. You're crying out to God for promotion and God, I want the more of you and I want to go where you said I'd go and do what you told me I'll do. And oh God, I just want to be who you called me to be. Not realizing that you're your own hindrance. Because you're walking in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness frees you. <laughs> you know the real test of, of forgiveness is when they ain't sorry. I ain't sorry. Y'all go ahead, clap. I heard you. Go ahead, clap. You might not ever get an apology, Sister Wanda. You might never get an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. They might not ever take responsibility for the thing that hurt you to your core. But you still have a responsibility to release them in the spirit by walking in forgiveness. Because <laughs> guess what? It ain't even about you, so to speak. It's not even about your being vindicated. So get off your soapbox. Get off your phone. Get off your phone. Stop posting on social media. We know who you're talking about. We heard about it. We know. You ain't even throwing shade. I mean the whole tree just coming. We know what you're talking about. Get off social media. I feel like that need to be. Tell your neighbor, get off social media. Get off. Quit getting on social media. When people. When people then. Now. Don't you know in those moments, real talk, in those moments you're revealing where you are? That your cargo is empty. You're walking around with a bunch of boxes looking like you got it together, but they're empty. So, unforgiveness. And then we got to let go of him. We got to let go of her. Because that um, soul tie and that stronghold, you're good when God frees you. But then on those lonely nights and on those nights when you're on social media again and you're seeing everybody having their little date nights and 
You know all you got to do is send that text. You know all you got to do is respond. All you got to do is send that Netflix and chill. And you're right back where you begged God to free you from. One choice takes you right back where God freed you from. You laid out and fasted and, and, and cried out before God for weeks and weeks for him to break the tie that held you bound to somebody that was never yours. He does it, and in a moment of weakness, in a moment of loneliness that will pass for real. It will pass. Just give it about two more minutes. It'll pass. It will pass. But in a moment, one choice puts you right back where he brought you from. You got to let him go. You got to let her go. Tell your neighbor you got to let them go. Because they're holding you up. And I don't mean just in... A romantic sense. That's what I was talking about the first time. That weeks and weeks of crying out and fasting that freed you for two minutes. You right back where you started. Let that marinate. So not only romantic, but also connections that we have with friends, our homies, our squad. When God is working something in you, guys, this is just the truth and I know there are those that are here that can witness to it. Relationships in your life, friendships and stuff, they begin to change. They do. It doesn't mean that they're heathens. In some cases, they are. It doesn't mean that they're heathens. It just means there's a shift that's taking place in your life, and you all begin to go different directions. But because it's familiar and it's comfortable and it's what we know, we'll sometimes hold on to people longer than we're supposed to. And because of that, we become stagnated. We can't grow because they're a weight instead of a help. Y'all get that? They're baggage instead of the right cargo. That makes sense. So God wants us to hold on to the lesson. Get ready. I really am getting ready to close. See, this is care I'm telling the truth. Hold on to the lesson, but let go of the baggage. There's baggage in every storm that hits our life that will try to debris, if you will, that will try to stick around even after the storm has passed. And you end up, you know how after a for real storm, you'll go outside and your, na your neighbor that lives probably uh, about four or five houses down, their mailbox will be in your yard. <laughs> the debris of what has just taken place, it doesn't belong with you anymore. You've got to give it back. You've got to uh, 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 put it in its proper place so it doesn't hold you from the place God has taken you. So you've got to learn the lesson, but you've got to release the baggage and the debris. Get the lesson. Hold on to it. Be better because of it. Acknowledge your stuff. See what it showed you about yourself. I had an incident here a couple weeks ago. I, I, I don't know how. Uh, uh, sometime soon, recent. I had an incident, and I remember I was talking to my accountability partner about it because, and I said, I'm one of my accountability partners, and I said, you know, 
it hurts me not because of what happened, but because of my response, and it showed me what's in me. That hurt me. And I said, I feel crazy for crying, but I'm so hurt because of what it shows me about me. Guys, learn the lesson. Be real with yourself and stop looking at everybody else. See what it's bringing to the surface in you about you. And stop looking at who did it and what they had on and what time of day it was. What was the lesson you were supposed to get out of that situation? Because in my situation, it wasn't right what was taking place, but my response wasn't either. And it showed me something about me. So instead of still looking at them, I started looking at me and got on my face before God. Thank you, God, for not taking me out while I still had this in me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to get this thing right that I might be who you called me to be. Thank you that you didn't allow uh, something to attach to and it become bigger than what it is. Thank you for showing it to me on this level when I can place this thing before you and get it right because I really want to be with you. So learn the lesson. Let the debris and the baggage go. Something, as we prepare to stand, something I want you, and I'll end here, something I want you to really take from this is it says, God is our refuge and strength. Okay. So, God, show me something about that. Refuge is our safe places where we run to, and we'll talk about that a little bit more the next sermon. It's where we run to it's our shelter our covering our protection but he the thing that stuck out to me was and strength that means I gotta endure some stuff but he's gonna give me the strength to do it it does not mean he's my refuge and strength as in he's my muscle he's gonna do it for me he covers me while I go through the storm he strengthens me to navigate the storm and conquer it. He strengthens me. It's his strength that I operate in times of weakness. His strength is made perfect. It's his strength that enables me to navigate and walk in the victory that he's covered me enough to walk in. But I got a responsibility to go through that thing the right way. He's not doing it all. We say, God's our refuge and strength. He'll fight for me. He's going to take them out for me. You know, he made my quick place straight. He made my rough places smooth. All of that stuff, and he does. But we have a responsibility, too. We can't say I'm waiting on God in everything. God said I'm going to be free from this, but I, I'm waiting on him. But you're still going to buy a cigarette. God said I'm going to be free from this, and. I'm waiting on him to do it. I'm waiting on God to do it. When he do it, I'm just going to give my life to him. He's given you the strength to turn from and embrace the things that he has for you. Y'all stand up. Y'all didn't hear me. I'm saying that in love. 